Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Kings. Your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So you know that saying where people will tell you, don't worry about what other people are saying about you. Well, I am worrying about what other people are saying about the Sacramento Kings in today's Locked on Kings podcast. Welcome in. I'm Jason Ross. Thank you for finding us here, hopefully daily for you, Monday through Friday, each and every day, the Locked on Network up and rolling season two for us. And we do thank you for listening. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the NBA season. A couple more preseason games to go. And the next week it begins for real for the Sacramento Kings. And uh, there's many things I love about this podcast. I love when we have guests. I love when we have game recaps, Friday mailbag. But I also like to delve into what other people are saying about this team. We're localized and always talking about the Kings, but getting the national perspective. And last year on a lot of our podcasts, we had people just ripping away. The Kings are an easy target. And today it's going to be a little bit of a season preview of what people are saying about the Sacramento Kings. And I'll give you a couple of different uh, perspectives. So we will do that uh, today on the podcast. Where we're going to start is from NBA TV and the voices you will hear in this cut uh, Jared Greenberg's the host. You'll hear from Greg Anthony. And then it starts out with Sam Mitchell, who, of course, is a former NBA player and coach. And he starts out by talking about the Kings and more specifically about Kings rookie De'Aaron Fox. When the ball comes off the rim from point A to B, he is as fast as anyone. And you start thinking about that comparison. A lot of people compare him to John Wall with that basketball in his hand. And Greg understands this. If I can outrun you while I'm dribbling the basketball, <laughs> that is something very special. And the thing about this young man I love, he's competitive, he's tough. He's fearless. He takes the ball to the basket, and he wants to be a great player, not a good player. I think Sacramento hit a home run in this young man. I think they surrounded him with the right pieces to help him with his development. And again, they don't have to just throw him out there to the wolves and just let him take a beating every night. You got a good team, you got good veterans, and now you can bring him along slowly. And now he doesn't have the weight of the world that he has to go out there each and every night and score 20 points a game and prove that he was worth that high draft pick. Two, two things that I love about him. He's a competitor, and he loves the game. And, you know, you say, oh, he loves the game. The thing about the NBA... It's not the game you grew up playing as a kid. It, it, it becomes a job. It, it becomes difficult. There's a lot of pressure that goes along with it. So while it's a lot of fun, when you love it, that's why Vince Carter is still playing because he just genuinely loves the game. They love every facet, every aspect of the game. And De'Aaron Fox is that kind of kid, and that's going to bode well for him. And, Greg, time. you understand it's a, it's a difference between being a loving to play basketball and want to be a great player. Everybody wants to play at 7 o'clock, but where you get better – is at 11 o'clock and 10 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning, practice, before practice, during practice, after practice. That's what this young man is, is, is really great at. He loves getting better. He loves being in the gym working on his game. And that's what you want to see from a young player. Uh, I want to show you some of the other guys here that, that are on this team. 
so many young players. Nine straight drafts. This team has had a top eight pick. Think about that. And we still don't know if many of those top eight picks are, as you talk about, part of the solution, GA. One guy I want to mention here is Buddy Heald, who came back from New Orleans in the Marcus Cousins deal. The, the sixth pick of the 16 draft, he really finished the year strong, shooting the ball, attacking, getting to the free throw line. Yeah, he really did, and I think he's going to build up off, build off that. Uh, Justin Jackson, another first-round pick. Harry Giles, two guys I, I really like as well. And then I think some of the guys last year are going to be better. I think Willie Cauley-Stein is going to be improved. Labissieri, I think, can improve. So they, they've got a lot of young guys that I think for the future could be a part of the solution for this group. Uh, but the other thing they have in De'Aaron Fox is they got a young man who could ultimately be the face. And, and that's when you're a young rebuilding team, that's the one thing you want to have. That gives your fan base hope. It gives your front office hope. It, it gives everybody a sense that we can still be relevant moving forward. And I think they have all those ingredients in place. Yeah, I mean, you look at this basketball team, and, and the most important thing Dave Yeager is going to have to be conscious of is you have some veterans with something left in the tank that can still play, but the young guys is going to get you there eventually. And so at a certain point during the season, maybe early in the season, you're going to see a lot of veterans playing with the mixture of the young guys. But as the season progresses and as the Western Conference takes its toll <laughs> on a lot of teams like it's going to do, you're going to see him start letting those young guys go, letting them play more. And you talked about Buddy Hill. He developed in the second half of the season after the trade of DeMarcus Cousins. Why? Because now the offense, getting more touches, more, more is expected of him. So... That's what you're going to see with these young teams. So Dave Yeager, at a certain point, is going to pull these young guys, the older guys, back and turn this team over to the young guys. Okay, so that group, I think, had some encouraging things to say about the Sacramento Kings and certainly about De'Aaron Fox and where this organization may be going. And, again, I like to hear all sorts of opinions, give different perspectives, different things that people have to say about this team. So with that said, also from NBA.com, more of a kind of an inside the numbers perspective here, not as um, positive, I would say, about the Sacramento Kings in the revealing of the numbers here. And it's John Schumann who goes inside the numbers from NBA.com on uh, some of the more intriguing numbers regarding the Sacramento Kings. Kings have had both a below average offense and a below average defense for 11 straight seasons. No other team has been below average on either end of the floor in each of the last 11 seasons or on both ends of the floor in more than eight of the last 11. The Kings futility stands alone and that stretch coincides with an 11 year playoff drought, the fourth longest in NBA history. The 11 seasons have yielded a mostly forgettable set of lottery picks, the first eight of which averaged less than four seasons with the team. The only one that rose to the level of All-Star couldn't lift the team around him and was traded in February. Kings coaches have had even shorter tenures. There have been eight of them over these last 11 seasons, and by trading DeMarcus Cousins, the Kings basically decided to start over once again. No team is returning a lower percentage of last year's minutes than Sacramento. The new roster includes some young guys with promise and a few veterans with experience, but it could continue to be a long road back to just being average on one side of the floor or the other. Well, for me, it was good to hear some of that. I thought you guys would want to hear it, too. Not the part that the Kings on the uh, decade-plus-long 
playoff list drought, the fourth longest in NBA history. It's kind of hard not to make the playoffs um, when more than half the teams make it. And, you know, you miss a year, miss or two, miss three. But, wow, the drought has been far, far too long for the Sacramento Kings. And it may continue because you could tell what they're trying to do with this plan that we've been discussing, getting stability in the front office, stability with the coaching staff, and building now the roster so it, it might be difficult at the beginning of this kind of plan, but that's at least a vision and a plan that they have. Uh, the other part that was kind of telling was that the Kings were, and I guess I probably should have known this, but returning the lowest percentage of minutes from a year ago. And I mean, the guys that were playing the bulk of the minutes generally, what obviously were DeMarcus and Rudy before injury, um, Collison. You saw guys like Ty Lawson, you know, Aflalo, Tolliver, Barnes, different guys like that that are Tyreek at the end that aren't here. And so all the new guys, whether they were veterans or rookies, um, did not get a lot of minutes on this team or any minutes. So it makes sense. But just to, that hearing that is a little bit, um, I don't know if alarming is the right term, but it is uh, something that you have to realize when you're going into the season. And again, I, I do want to tell everybody about everything that, you know, not only that we're doing here on Locked on Kings, I really, I really have to encourage and want you guys to understand how great some of the other shows are on the Locked On Network. So if you get a chance to check out anything else, Locked On Pelicans, Locked On Heat, Locked On Jazz, the originator from David Law, all these other shows, I encourage you guys to check out the entirety of the network because really a lot of good people here, a lot of people working hard on the daily basis on the Locked On Network. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. All right, I want to get another perspective on a season preview regarding the Sacramento Kings. And this one comes from fan-sided, so it's a website that talks about, you know, every, every team in the NBA, and so it's another Kings audio report. This one also, I would say, uh, it's going to, just I just want you to hear it, what they have to say about the Sacramento Kings, and you're going to hear from uh, Mark Carmen, who's the host from fan-sided, and Ian Levy, um, and just here's their perspective, a couple minutes on what they think currently of the Sacramento Kings. Boogie Cousins never wanted to leave Sacramento, but he is uh, well gone now. So this is the new Sacramento Kings. The I don't know if you want to call it a rebuild because it's always been a rebuild. <laughs> Ian, Ian Levy, our senior NBA editor, with us. What do you what do you like for Sacramento this year? And are they in a better place? Are they finally kind of sort of ready to maybe consistently move up the ladder? Uh, I think the the question about consistently and moving up the ladder has to do with uh, you know sort of at an organization uh, organizational level steadying the ship, uh, picking a plan and kind of sticking to it. Um, so yeah, I, I, it seems like they're making some nice moves, made some front office moves this summer uh, that I think will be helpful on the roster. They've got kind of a lot of wild cards, and it uh, you know they're hoping that one of these young players hits and really becomes a star. Uh, De'Aaron Fox in the draft maybe has star potential. Shootings. Kind 
kind of shaky. Uh, Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Jackson's kind of a, a low risk, uh, uh, you know, maybe not a star potential guy. Harry Giles was, uh, you know, one of the top players uh, going into the college season last year, but uh, ACL injuries wasn't the same player. But if he can get his athleticism back, he's a potential steal. Um, and then the, the guys who played for them last year, Willie Cauley Stein and Scala Missieri, were really good after DeMarcus Cousins uh, was traded. So, uh, you know, if one of those guys really takes a step forward and, and shows he, he can be the centerpiece of the team, you know, they might have something to move forward with. Does Vladi Divac know what he's doing? Uh, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I'll reserve judgment on that. Okay, I'm going to say no. And, <laughs> and that's a problem for Sacramento. That's, that's my look. But the, the Kings, I'll give them credit, they're athletic. And I thought, I think, I, even though Boogie had his, his moments, it was, it was time to move on. So I, even though he's still young and whatnot, I, th I thought Sacramento, good job. Not yeah. that they got any value, by the way. It, it was the right move moving on from him. Uh, they weren't going anywhere. The team wasn't improving. They'd been sort of stuck in the same place for years. So uh, had to make the right move. You know, cleared the books, cleared the slate, made some room for their young big guys to kind of step forward and take on a bigger role. Uh, spent some money on veterans this year, Vince Carter and, and Zach Randolph and George Hill. Maybe those guys end up sort of providing a framework, helping the youngsters grow. Maybe they just take minutes and shots from, from young players who need them to develop. So uh, it's not clear that they're uh, moving in the right direction, but uh, they're certainly not heading, <laughs> it's certainly not going to get any worse this year. Vince Carter's 46. <laughs> Something like that. What a career. Congratulations, Vince Carter, still getting paid. A little preview of your Sacramento Kings. Okay, again, as I said, I want to hear different perspectives. I want people to say what they say about the Sacramento Kings. But this one I take a little bit of exception to. Not about what they think the team is doing or where they think they're going, but when it was asked about is Vlade doing a good job and it's just kind of a veiled I don't know to um, it's time to move on. No, that's the, I think the worst thing the Sacramento Kings can do. You can think that Vlade's not doing a good job, but to move on, no, they need stability. And then, but I am going to take exception on whether or not you think Vlade's doing a good job because I personally do. They then referred to the DeMarcus trade saying, not that they got any value. That was their quote. Not that they got any value. Well, I, I finally kind of looked up everything that has happened as far as the trades since DeMarcus Cousins, the bigger trades. There was plenty of NBA trades, which we had a great NBA summer. But the perception of this is an easy target. We've always said the term low-hanging fruit. Kings are bad. Their front office is a joke. This organization doesn't know what they're doing. All the different coaches, all the different GMs, all the different ownership groups lately, different players, lottery picks, they're, they're a mess. Well, I don't think they are anymore. And, and we've got to replace the win-loss performance this year with the direction. There is a vision, and I personally think this is a good way they're going. Last year, the target was they got to make the eight seed, got to make everything everything to, to kind of get there. And they might have had they kept DeMarcus, but as I've said probably 50 times on this podcast, I think they made the right move. I think they had to do it. They would have been in a spot where they would have had a talented big man that has struggled to help make the team better, and they would have owed him a bunch of money, and then you would have gone forward into years 9, 10, 11, 12 with DeMarcus and to get what? The eight seed? Were they truly going to get better? Now they kind of ripped it down, went backwards, hopefully to take major steps forward in the future. But if we look at, at the exception of, of, of these other trades, saying the Kings got zero value, just no value for DeMarcus Cousins, here's the reminder of what they got. 
They did trade DeMarcus Cousins and Omri Caspi. Omri's no longer on New Orleans, but that, you know, when the Kings got in return, there's plenty of guys no longer on the Kings. But Cousins and Caspi go to New Orleans. We can all agree that the best player in the trade is DeMarcus Cousins. I'm not denying that by any means. New Orleans is going to be in a spot in the final year of a contract for DeMarcus. Are they going to keep him? Is he going to walk? Are they going to get anything else in return? Meanwhile, they moved guys. The Kings were able to add Buddy Heald, so a top pick in the lottery, six pick a year ago, so still a very young player in a lottery pick. Tyreek Evans returned. They no longer have him anymore. Langston Galloway come to the, came to the Kings, gave him minutes, but no longer he got a new contract. But those two guys' contracts coming off the books opened up some money. Also, Cousins being moved opened up opportunity for Scal, minutes for Papianis, minutes for Willie Cauley-Stein, and it started to unfold this plan that's now in front of the Kings. Not only not having Cousins, moving away from Evans and Galloway, it did set up money, which in return brought in guys like Zach Randolph, Vince Carter, and um, also George Hill. But the true components of the trade healed Evans Galloway, a 2017 first-round pick. So if we go back to the draft, that was the 10th pick. Kings turned that pick of Zach Collins into Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. They also got a second-round pick, courtesy of New Orleans through Chicago. That second-round pick, Frank Mason. So now, if we're putting value to the entirety of the trade, DeMarcus Cousins and Omri Caspi for Buddy Heald, Langston Galloway, Tyreek Evans, Justin Jackson, Harry Giles, Frank Mason. Do you think differently about it? Is it a bad trade? I don't think it's bad. I actually think it's good. But you... I don't think you could say it was a bad trade. Remember draft day or trade day? Terrible trade. Kings got fleeced. They don't know what they're doing. This organization's a joke. I don't think so. I don't think so. We know how part of it was handled in that, hey, initially it, it, the trade was better two days before. Well, I think the, all the reports say it was a second first round pick. I would have loved that to happen. People were hung up on, well, it's not top three protected or it is top three protected. So what if New Orleans gets the top? They didn't. They didn't get the top three. So that trade specifically, I think, measures up just fine against some of these others that happened in the summer, like this. Uh, Lakers dealt D'Angelo Russell, who's not an all-star, in Mozgov for an all-star. They got Brooke Lopez in the number 27 pick, which turned out to be Kyle Kuzma. I think that's a good deal for the Lakers. The all-star that was traded was Brooke Lopez. So did Brooklyn get fair value for their all-star? They got a young player in Russell and a huge contract in Mozgov. They didn't get any picks. But that's what they got. Now, if we look at Charlotte and Atlanta, Dwight Howard, a former All-Star, or has been an All-Star, he got traded from Atlanta along with what turned into be Frank Jackson, a, a draft pick, for Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, and Tyler Dorsey. Okay? Hmm, there's an all, Was there value, a ton of value there? Minnesota and Chicago, draft night trade. This is a big one, another All-Star. Jimmy Butler leaves the Bulls along with the 16th pick, which turned into Justin Patton for Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and Laurie Markkinen. Okay, that's that's okay. That's nice. I don't know what that's going to ultimately be, but they gave up on a young player. Jimmy, I say a young player, but a, a player in his prime, much like DeMarcus, Jimmy Butler, but I don't see that as lopsided one way or the other or not great value in return, much like I don't see that with the Kings. Houston acquired Chris Paul from the Clippers. That's the all-star in the trade. Clippers got a ton back. It's not all still there, but Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, they're all there. Liggins, Wiltshire, Hilliard. So just a ton of names to fit into the cap and a 2018 first-round pick that's protected. OKC and Indiana, I think this is one of the worst trades of the batch. OKC got the All-Star and Paul George. Indiana got Victor Oladipo, who I don't see ever becoming an All-Star. I could be wrong. 
and Sabonis, who I think is just a rotation guy. So they didn't get an all-star in return or picks. I didn't love that trade. Boston and Cleveland, I think this was a good trade. Kyrie Irving going to Boston. Cleveland, it's an exchange of all-stars. Cleveland not only got an all-star, they also got a first-round pick. They replaced Kyrie Irving with Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Anta Zizic, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2018 first-round pick. That trade, to me, was a good one. But the Kings, to me, I don't look at this as totally egregious now that we've had time to think about it, evaluate it, you know, and think about it more. And also, the reality is, where is DeMarcus going to be after the season? What is New Orleans going to get for him? Are they going to get anything for him? Is he going to walk? Are they going to be forced to trade him, thinking that he will walk by the All-Star deadline, or the trade deadline? So it's their decision. Someone's going to pay him. He's going to get his money. He's still talented. It's just not a part of the Sacramento Kings plan. So again, just some perspective from different people from NBA TV, from fansided, NBA.com. And we'll continue to do this because I like to check in on what other people think about the Sacramento Kings. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the Kings are back in action as uh, they've got back-to-back games in preseason. And then we're almost getting closer to, we are getting closer to the start of the NBA regular season, which begins Tuesday for some of the league, Wednesday for the Kings and the home opener against the Rockets. Thank you so much for listening. Following us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Audio Boom, and on Stitcher as we're back again tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17